Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In today's show, Bitcoin faces considerable danger from the Fed in 2023, according to Lynn Alden. Also in today's show, I'll be sharing with you six on-chain metrics, suggesting Bitcoin is a generational buying opportunity. Also in today's show, analytics firm Glassnode issues Bitcoin Alert and says Bitcoin may face sell pressure from this investor cohort, which I'll be sharing with you. Also in today's show, the largest crypto hedge fund in the world says DeFi will drive the next crypto bull market. Also in today's show, CoinBarrow makes prediction on Circles, USDC, and issues a stark warning. I'll be sharing their latest outlook. Also breaking news, El Salvador proves its supremacy by paying off its $800 million debt despite the mainstream media saying they would default because Bitcoin, quoting President Bukele, when their lies are exposed, they go on silence mode. That's right. He is a legend. We'll also be taking a look at the overall crypto market. All this, plus so much more in today's show. Hey, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost, a video show. So if you want the full premium experience, visit our YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. And welcome everyone tuning in to today's live show, Crypto News Alerts pod episode number 1174. I'm your host, JV. Today is January 25th and lots to cover. So let's dive right in. Taking a look here at the crypto market watch, we can see Bitcoin finally pulled back, uh, correcting just about 1%, still maintaining above 22,600. We have Ether down 4% for the day, now trading back under $1,600. Shiba, one of the biggest losers in BNB and most of the alts currently correcting as well and checking out Coin coinmarketcap.com. You can see the crypto market cap still just sitting above that $1 trillion milestone, which is still a good omen with about $56 billion in volume in the past 24 hours with the current Bitcoin dominance back on the rise at 42.5% with the Ether dominance at 18.6%. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers in the past 24 hours, Aptos, once again, leading the pack up a whopping 25% for the day, trading above 16 bucks, followed by Mina up 6%, trading above 62 cents, followed by Arweave up about 2.5% trading at $10.49 and checking out the top 100 crypto gainers for the past week. Aptos up literally 112% along with T up 125%. Which altcoins are you currently bullish on for the market? Let me know in the comments below. And checking out one of my favorite indicators, the Crypto Greed and Fear Index shows we're in neutral with a 51 yesterday at 52, last week a 52, and last month a 28 in fear. Now, welcome to the entire crypto fam. Let me know if you guys are currently short-term bullish or bearish on the King Crypto as we dive into today's Bitcoin technical analysis. Bitcoin still risk 
risk considerable danger this year as macroeconomic conditions dictate the price action. This is according to economist Lynn Alden, who in private comments to Cointelegraph cautioned on Bitcoin staying bullish after its January gains. Now, optimism is increasing throughout crypto as Bitcoin broadly retains its current level, which is 40% higher than the start of the year. And lo and behold, right when Jim Cramer said, sell your crypto, we surge 40% with an epic buy signal. Now, what the rest of 2023 may hold, however, is still a topic of debate. And Alden suggests it is naive to assume that the good times will continue unchecked. The reason, she says, lies with the U.S. lawmakers and the Fed. Quitting her here, I expect the Bitcoin bottom to be a process. You summarize about the current state of Bitcoin. Bitcoin prices are heavily tied to liquidity conditions, and liquidity conditions have been improving since quarter four, 2022. That recovery has effectively removed any trace of the FTX fallout from the chart, with Bitcoin now circling its highest levels since mid-August. Quitting her again here, the FTX Alameda collapse pulled down the industry in the second half of quarter four, even as many other assets rallied, such as equities, gold, etc. And now it seems that Bitcoin is playing a bit of catch-up and getting back to where it would have been without the FTX Alameda collapse occurring, Alden continued. Now, Bitcoin traded at around 22600 at the time of this recording. And what could lie beyond the catch-up, however, could be less savory for the bulls. The Fed is currently conducting quantitative tightening, removing liquidity from the economy to fight inflation after several years of mass liquidity injections, which began back in March 2020. These are being mitigated thanks to the U.S. domestic policies, but later on, the status quo can shift back to the kind of restrictive mode seen throughout Bitcoin's bear market year of 2022. Quitting her again here, there is considerable danger ahead for the second half of 2023, she explains liquidity conditions are good right now in part because the U.S. Treasury is drawing down its cash balance to avoid going over the debt ceiling, and this pushes liquidity into the financial system. So the Treasury has been offsetting some of the quantitative tightening that the Fed is doing. Once the debt ceiling issue gets resolved, the Treasury will be refilling its cash account, which pulls liquidity out of the system. At that point, both the Treasury and the Fed will be sucking liquidity out of the system, and that would create a vulnerable time for risk assets in general, including BTC. Now, if the second half proves to be Bitcoin reckoning, it would tie in with other warnings from market commentators regarding this year. As Arthur Hayes recently shared, the former CEO of Exchange BitMEX, he has a much grimmer forecast for the year. Likewise, courtesy of the Fed policy in the long term, Alden is confident that Bitcoin will recover from its recent lows for good. As she shares here, I do think this is a deep value accumulation zone for BTC with a three to five year view, but traders should be aware of the liquidity risk in the second half of the this year, she concluded. So there you have it. Let me know if you agree or disagree with Lynn Alden and her analysis of the overall market with King Crypto and taking heed to her warning. Let me know in the comments right down below, which leads us to our next story of the day. Now for six generational buy signals for the buy signal of a lifetime for the King Crypto. As per some of the latest metrics, let's break this down. Several on-chain metrics from the Bitcoin network are flashing buy signals following this year's rally. Bitcoin broken out. Torpor to notch up 37% gain since the beginning of this year. However, on-chain data is still signaling it could be a generational buy opportunity, according to analysts. January 24th, researcher and technical analyst Game of Trades identified six on-chain metrics for his followers. The first metric is an accumulation trend score, highlighting of heavy accumulation in terms of entity size and the number of coins bought. Large entities have been in deep accumulation mode ever since the FTX collapse. The analyst noted, adding that similar accumulation took place in 2018 and 2020 bottoms. As he shares here, Bitcoin's 
six on-chain metrics and also include this uh, thread for you to check it out in full details. But here's the continued highlights. The Bitcoin entity adjusted dormancy flow, which is a measure of the ratio of the current market cap and the annualized dormancy value. Whenever dormancy value overtakes the market cap, the market can be considered in full capitulation, which has been a good historical buying zone. And according to Glassnode Analytics, this metric fell to its lowest level ever in 2022, as outlined here in this chart. So Bitcoin's reserve risk can also be used to measure the confidence of long-term hodlers relative to the price of the king crypto. This is also fell to its lowest ever level at the end of 2022, according to Glassnode. And also we have the Bitcoin realized price, which is the value of all the coins in circulation at the price they last move. In other words, an estimation of what the entire market paid for their Bitcoin. And according to Wu Charts, Bitcoin has been trading below this level since the FTX collapsed in November until January 13th. And it is currently just above the RP, which represents yet another buying opportunity. And next up, we have the Bitcoin MVRVZ score shows when Bitcoin is significantly over undervalued. It's relative to its fair value or realized price. And when the metric leaves the extremely undervalued zone, it is often considered the end of the bear market, which outline here. And finally, there's the pure multiple examining the fundamental of the mining profitability and its impact on the market cycles. Lower values as they are at the moment indicate minor stress and represent long-term buy opportunities. BTFD, buy that freaking dip. I had to say it. The analyst concluded these six on-chain metrics are pointing towards an X exceptional risk reward set up in Bitcoin. The metrics are all at similar levels to market cycle bottoms in 2015, 2018, and 2020. And at this time, with Bitcoin currently hovering down, I mean, again, BTFD, bought a freaking dip as it's better than buying the pump. However, we'll see how it all plays out. Let me know how many of y'all are currently bullish on the King Crypto and taking advantage of these generational buy opportunities. And now let's dive into our next story of the day, which is the latest from Glassnode Analytics as they issued a alert. That's right. It says Bitcoin may face sell pressure from this investor cohort. So let's uh, break this down, shall we? Market intelligence firm Glassnose says Bitcoin can soon face sell side pressure from short term hodlers eager to cash in on the King Crypto's latest price uptick, ultimately meaning investors taking profits. In a new analytics report, Glassnode finds Bitcoin's recent surge to 23,000 pushed 97.5% of its short term hodlers into the green at one point during the week, something that hasn't happened since the top of the crypto asset by market cap hit its all-time high in November of 2021. The crypto analytics platform defines short-term hodlers as those hodling Bitcoin for less than 155 days. According to Glassnode, 97.5% of those short-term hodlers having unrealized gains historically marks the sell pressure, which is on the horizon, quoting Glassnode. Interestingly, during bear markets, when over 97.5% of the acquired supply by new investors is in loss, the chance of seller exhaustion rises exponentially. Conversely, when over 97.5% percent of short-term hodler supply is in profit, these players tend to seize the opportunity and exit at break-even or profit. So given this substantial spike in profitability, the probability of sell pressure sourced from short-term hodlers is likely to grow accordingly. Let me know if you agree or disagree with this analysis. Now, miners are also selling Bitcoin due to the recent price rally, according to Glassnode, as they share here, with a notable recovery in minor USD-denominated revenues. The resulting behavior shift has switched from an accumulation of 85 plus Bitcoin a month to distribution of negative 1,600 Bitcoin a month. Miners have spent some 
5,600 Bitcoin since January 8th and have experienced a net balance decline year to date. So there you have it. And other metrics paint a different picture. The intelligence firm notes the volume of Bitcoin hasn't moved in more than six months, which has now shot up more than 100 or by 301,000 since early December, underscoring conviction of hodlers. As they point out, this divergence highlights the strength of the hodling conviction via the recent market rally. So there you have it. Where my long-term hodlers at? Make some noise in the live chat. With that being shared, now let's dive into our next story of the day with a very optimistic DeFi prediction for the industry, which will spark the next bull run, according to crypto hedge fund, Pantera Capital. They say this one sector, the digital space, will be the life force of the next bull market cycle. In Pantera's latest newsletter, their chief investment officer, Joey Krug, says the centralized finance will act as the foundation for the next bull market. Krug says that 2022, with many different crypto blowups and collapses, was probably the biggest year of upheaval in crypto history. However, the CIO, who helped manage the $6.9 billion fund, says that DeFi managed to stay completely completely intact during 2022, even if the top protocols saw lower prices. It does make a great point, quoting him here. What's interesting to note here, on the other hand, is that decentralized finance protocols, which lent to largely unknown counterparties, didn't blow up. The reasoning behind why DeFi protocols managed to succeed has a couple of levels to it. The surface level is that these protocols force people to post collateral and enforce aggressive risk controls and gives a few examples, compound Ave and Maker. The great irony is that those risk controls are the same kind of controls centralized entities often and sedotally said were too tight, just inefficient. They tell us these protocols can't monitor risk like we do. Mere months later, one of my closest friends told me about the favorable borrowing terms one of these companies gave him. The company was taking on absurd amounts of blow-up risk. I told him something along the lines of the next cycle will likely blow up due to these centralized lender entities. They are picking up pennies in front of a, st- a steamroller. And Krug says that the code that governs DeFi protocols has proven to be superior to humans who convince their users to trust them based on arbitrary reasoning. Uh, quoting him here, the centralized protocols can't just say, trust me, I went to MIT and want to denote everything to charity. DeFi protocols are more of, you don't have to trust us, nature, or as Google put it so well beyond, they dropped it. DeFi protocols can't be evil. The only option at the protocol layer is to build something that works, something from first principles in the open against a synonymous playing field of rational economic actors where your code is public and anyone can scrutinize and read it. Now, the hedge fund executive says that DeFi mainly needs to address three main issues to come out ahead. These include the user experience on crypto wallets, paying transaction fees in Ethereum, and it's clunky fiat on-ramps. If those three issues see progress, Krug says that DeFi can drive the next crypto bull cycle. And I'll leave you with this quote. The solutions to this current suite of problems will take Uh, two to three years to be solved and built upon. Many of them in the future innovations they enable will provide excellent investment opportunities as they do get solved. They create an exciting groundwork for the next cycle of crypto being driven by DeFi. To me, the most exciting thing about that is DeFi's enablement of the new open, global, and more efficient financial system. So there you have it. How many of you are in agreement that the next bull market will likely be run or front ran by uh, DeFi and how many of you are currently bullish on DeFi or DeFi protocols? Let me know in the comments right down below, which takes us to my next 
story of the day. I have a dire warning for you to be on the watch for for USDC, which is quickly overcoming Tether USDT to become the largest stable coin. So here's what I got to share with you. The host of the popular crypto channel Coin Bureau is predicting US dollar peg stable coin is poised to run the market. That's right. Coin Bureau host Guy Turner tells his 2 million followers or subscribers that Circle's USD coin, which is USDC, the second largest stablecoin by market cap, is on its way of overtaking Tether's USDT as the world's dominant stablecoin. Quitting him here, the growth of USDC's supply over the past few weeks is further evidence that USDC's strategy has been working. I also think that it is inevitable that USDC will become the predominant stablecoin in the next two years. However, I can't say I'm completely happy about that. Turner warns viewers about his concerns with USDC's issuer, Circle, a centralized firm that he says answers to the traditional finance world and perhaps as a goal of monopolizing the market. As he shares here, while Circle's vision for crypto payments adoption is something I can get on board with, I am still quite skeptical of its true underlying motives. It is backed by Goldman Sachs. It's partnered with BlackRock. It has embarked on some powerful lobbying initiatives to get in the ears of politicians in Washington, D.C. and Brussels. It also has shown that it is ready and willing to censor transactions should it be instructed to do so by the powers that be. I also think that stablecoin competition is healthy. It encourages issuers to continue developing better products that allows people to diversify their stablecoin holdings. We don't want a monopoly. This is part of the reason why I do hope that one day Tether does come out with a full audit so that it can address the uh, FUD once and for all. It could also help to calm the nerves of the increasingly edgy crypto community. Until that time, Circle is going to continue its aggressive growth. And to watch this video he did, check the show notes below the video in the description. And what are your thoughts surrounding USDT versus uh, USDC and ultimately Tether versus uh, the company Circles, a stablecoin USDC. As I mentioned before, Max Kaiser has faith in Tether USDT. He said it is back one-to-one, and he knows this for a fact, just sharing with you what I know as I've covered this previously. And he says he does not trust Circle because obviously he does not trust the powers that be. He does not trust bankers such as uh, Goldman Sachs and all these authorities which are pushing forward the adoption of USDC. Max says they're also uh, paying people in it. They're ultimately not doing it the right way. So according to Max Kaiser, I mean, someone I look up to and follow, he says, do not trust USDC. So take it for what it is. You know what I mean? Let me know which stablecoin you likely trust the most right now. My personal opinion, don't ever put all your eggs uh, in one basket. It doesn't matter what stablecoin it may be. And if you're going to use a stablecoin, don't hodl the stablecoin. Make the purchase, the transaction. I mean, the main purpose, why a lot of people love stablecoins, they can maintain their investment in crypto without cashing out the USD, keeping it into the crypto ecosystem, maybe to avoid you know a tax hit or something like that. So if that's uh, the goal, I mean... It is what it is. Uh, take advantage of it any way you need to take advantage of it. Uh, but which stablecoin right now in the market has your respect and trust the most? And maybe it's not even USDT or uh, USDC. Maybe it's another stablecoin. There's a lot out there. There's BUSD, which is the Binance version of the stablecoin. There's DAI, DAI, and others out there as well. So let me know in the comments right down below, which leads us to our next story of the day, which is the moment you have all been waiting for. Let's be discussing 
paying this $800 million debt, which has been paid off by El Salvador. This is uh, massive news. As I tweeted here, El Salvador approves its supremacy by paid off $800 million debt, despite the mainstream media saying they would default because Bitcoin, and quoting Bukele, when their lies are exposed, they go in silence mode. Frickin' legend. There is no question about it. So yeah, let's break this down and show uh, Bukele and El Salvador some love. Bukele, the president of El Salvador, revealed that the government repaid its $800 million bond plus interest on the same day. It was set to mature. That's right. Settling the bond comes despite the pessimistic views that the nation will experience financial challenges due to its Bitcoin forays. That's right. El Salvador's political leader, who is amongst the biggest proponents for the king crypto, announced the news on Twitter, regretting that most international media outlets did not spread the info, and at the same time, they were among the first to doubt whether the country would even be able to repay the 800 million bond that matured January 23rd. How many of you remember the FUD storm? As he shares here, in the past year, almost every legacy international news outlet said that because of our Bitcoin debt, El Salvador was going to default on its debt by January 23rd, since we had an $800 million bond maturing today. He specifically referred to the New York Times, which claimed in July of last Last year, El Salvador's decision to purchase Bitcoin on a macroeconomic level could harm its monetary network and prevent it from paying its debt. Bukele further stated that the bond was settled without having to ink a deal with the International Monetary Fund, better known as the IMF. So much respect, basically saying we don't want your help. Get out of here, central bankers. Now, Xiangping Zhao, the uh, CZ, the CEO of the world's leading crypto exchange, Binance, congratulated El Salvador for meeting its financial obligations, uh, quoting uh, him here. Uh, I guess, hold on, hold on. The nation's minister of finance, Alejandro Zalaya, confirmed the multi-billion dollar bond payment, quoting him here. Unfortunately for the disinformation campaign for some national and international media, we announced that on this day, we have completed the payment of the 2023 bond for $800 million plus interest. That's right. The presidency's press office reportedly told Reuters the government recently paid $604 million in interest and $23 million, as well as carrying out another two transactions in 2022. Now, El Salvador legalized Bitcoin back in September of 2021, right before the all-time high of 69000 and its authorities have remained supportive even through the prolonged bear market. El Salvador has also used a challenging macro macroeconomic situation as an opportunity to purchase more amounts of the digital asset. Latest data shows it currently holds 2,381 BTC, but that number could be higher since Bukele vowed that the government will buy one Bitcoin per day, and that was back in mid-November. However, there is no information on whether the buying spree goes as promised. The nation currently sits on significant paper losses due to the depreciation of the currency market. El Salvador spent over $103 million to accumulate its stash over the years, which is worth nearly two times less as of now, but you don't lose what you don't sell, so continue to hodl. But what are your thoughts surrounding El Salvador paying off of their debt and telling the IMF ultimately to go what themselves? Do you think this will likely spark some other domino effects across the world as Bitcoin game theory continues in full effect? Holla boy in the comments right down below. And don't forget to check out CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in the live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode.